This episode is sponsored by Jennifer Cooper Time Saver, time saving business mentor and strategist. If you need support with any aspect of running or growing your business, then you need Jenny in your life. Jenny is the founder of Team Time Saver, who specialise in providing done-for-you business services, covering social media, email list and podcast management, website tweaks, business management setup tools. Basically, if you need it, they can probably do it. With over 20 years of business and retail experience, Jenny combines compassionate mentoring, custom solutions and commercial know-how to help you grow a profitable, feel-good business. Jenny can also help you to achieve more in your business by being savvy with tech, growing your visibility and detangling mindset set blocks to find out more about how jenny can help you and your business go to jennifercoopertimesaver.com welcome to the bring your product idea to life podcast this is the podcast for you if you're getting started selling products or if you'd like to create your own product to sell i'm vicky weinberg a product creation coach and amazon expert every week i share friendly practical advice as well as inspirational stories from small businesses let's get started Today, I am so excited to welcome Rosie Davies-Smith onto the podcast. PR agencies have led clients to believe they're the only ones who can do what they do. Rosie made it her mission to prove them wrong. After running her own agency for over a decade, she founded PR Dispatch, a platform which powers in-house teams to become the PR experts. Since then, over 500 brands have been given the training, expertise and contacts they need to take control of their PR in-house and secure their own coverage at just 3% of the cost of a PR agency. So I know we've spoken about PR on the podcast before, but what I absolutely love is that every guest I speak to has different experience, different perspective, different ideas. And um, this is not a conversation about PR like any that we've had before. So Rosie has a really interesting perspective on what PR is, what's important. And she also gives you some really practical advice about how you can do your PR yourself without needing to employ an agency or get anyone else um, to do the work for you. And hopefully you will find that really interesting and also really empowering. So I would love now to introduce you to Rosie. So hi, Rosie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you. So can we start with you, please give an introduction to you, your business and what you do? Yeah. Um, so my name's Rosie uh, Davis-Smith. Uh, I am the founder of uh, PR Dispatch. Uh, PR Dispatch is a platform which powers e-commerce brands to be uh, PR experts. Uh, so we have insights, training, access to a press database, and uh, they also have access to our community and our support too. Um, combined, the team have over 24 years of experience uh, when it comes to PR. I ran a PR agency uh, for a decade, um, kind of before just doing uh, PR dispatch. Um, so we know if we kind of uh, power the people behind uh, the econ brand uh, to become experts in PR, they can do a really, really um, good job because uh, PR is most powerful when it's done by the people closest to the product. Oh, that's amazing. So if I'm understanding you correctly, because I was about to, to ask the question, but I think you've, you've answered it, Rosie. So PR Dispatch is about empowering small businesses to handle their own PR rather than presumably spending what can be lots and lots of money on someone to do it for them. Yeah, exactly. So um, kind of from running an agency, um, we know it is it is very, very expensive. Um, you know, we say £2,000 
plus a month, um, but it's creeping up to maybe £3,000, £4,000 minimum uh, if you did want to work with a PR agency. Um, and kind of over the years, I found that, you know, people who are um, kind of behind the product or maybe a small team of people working um, for the brand were so much better at doing the PR than a PR agency. You know, they know the product inside out. They're passionate about the story. They can pivot really quickly. Whereas trying to translate that to a PR agency is it's actually really, really difficult. And it is, it's a job in itself. Um, so we launched PR Dispatch in 2017 alongside the agency to kind of give those smaller brands um, the opportunity to kind of pitch to the press at a really, really affordable cost. So just 3% of what it would cost um, them if they were doing it uh, with a PR agency. And actually what we started to see is that the brands that were PR dispatch members and were doing it themselves, we're doing as well, if not better, than the clients we were, we had at, um, at our PR agency. So it became very apparent very quickly that actually people that are kind of closest to the product do actually um, do PR best, even if you've got no previous previous experience or never done it before. That's really fascinating. And I guess that comes back to what you said about those people being so familiar with their product, their brand, their story, and maybe seeing opportunities that PR agency maybe wouldn't um, because they obviously know everything in so much more detail. I also think that must be really empowering for a small business because I've, um, obviously I'm a service business, not e-commerce, but I've done had a little bit of PR this year that I've got myself. I did a little bit of training. And I think there's something really nice as well about feeling like okay I can do this and just getting over those barriers of approaching journalists or pitching your ideas um I think that's also a really good skill for small businesses to have yeah it's it's not rocket science I think that's <laughs> that's what I learned pretty quickly I mean my background before I started kind of the PR agency was not PR um I actually worked for a small business I was given the task of pitching to magazines I'd never um, I didn't even know that's how magazines were compiled. I was completely naive. I just didn't know that, you know, you emailed a magazine about your product and they then compiled pages and they might email you back at some point and say, hey, actually, this works really well for what I'm doing. And I was just completely blown away, not only how beneficial it was to a brand. It was a knitwear brand called Lowy. We worked with them for 10 years, an LPR dispatch member. And they got really good traction in kind of the first few months of me just kind of consistently emailing magazines every single week. And it made a massive difference, um, you know, to their awareness. And it was a key time of year. It was leading up to Christmas. And you could see it was having a big impact kind of on people coming to their website and probably sales as well. Um, but it was so easy. I couldn't believe how easy it was. I was like, this is so easy to do and actually quite enjoyable. Um so yeah, I, I agree. Once people kind of start the ball rolling with it, um, it is it's a very addictive, it's a very addictive feeling. It's just getting over that initial that initial hurdle of starting and not feeling that imposter syndrome or like you're annoying them or you know, you don't know what to say. Kind of getting over that first hurdle, I think, is kind of the biggest, um, the biggest stopping point for many brands. Absolutely. I know for me, it was definitely a mindset thing. I just felt a bit silly, sort of emailing mm. someone I've never met and saying, oh, I've got an idea for a story. It just felt 
really daft until you realize like you say that's what everyone's doing like any story you read presumably has started that way unless of course a journalist puts out a request which is also um you know obviously another way of another way of doing it but I think that once you send that first email it just gets a lot easier and it becomes um I hope this is useful for everyone listening as well for, for me especially you know I think you can send lots of emails and you might only get one or two replies if that but it becomes yeah. like water off a duck's back you don't really you think that you're going to care if someone doesn't reply or if they say no thank you and actually they don't usually say no thank you do they let's face it they're busy they just don't reply but I think you soon realize it's not personal and you just move on to the next one and just keep doing it and no harm done really it's 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 totally true and that mindset is such a good mindset to have you know we say we say to our members it's it's actually PR is yeah the coverage is great but the actual work of PR is just sending those emails consistently you know going back to them every three especially if you're an e-com brand going back to them every three months with maybe a new product that you've got or something that's seasonal that they might be interested in that time they're only going to respond if you're relevant and you know a lot of the time you're not going to be relevant you know they might be doing a different feature or they might have filled their quota for the features that they're doing, you know, they might store it for future. What we see a lot, especially with e-com brands is, um, and I saw this a lot during when my agency days, is the press email back of previous pitches. So you might send a pr- pitch about, I don't know, uh, I'm looking at my press board in front of me, pajamas, for example. And um, you send it in November. And then in March, they respond and they say, hey, these pajamas are actually really relevant for something that I'm working on now. So it's about being it's about being visible, being in their inbox, because they're the brands that are going to get featured. The brands that are being proactive about it, you're totally right. The brands that are being proactive about it are the ones that are going to secure those features. Um, so yeah, just don't be disheartened if you don't get those responses. Thank you. So it definitely sounds like it's a case of just doing it. Um, and I know it's not as simple as, well, it isn't, isn't as simple as that. But actually, let's, if you don't mind, Rosie, let's go back to the beginning and talk about, so for small businesses listening, how do you know if your business is actually ready to do any PR in the first place or whether there are other things you should be thinking about before you get excited and, and start sending out pitches? Um, so my advice to anyone is the way to think about PR is you should be doing it for the lifetime of your business. You're never too small. There is a difference between being too small or being ready, and I'll talk about being ready in a second, but PR is not something that you do seasonally. It's not something that you pick up and drop. You know, even if you've got a seasonal product, the rest of the year you work on profile press or podcasts or, you know, getting speaking opportunities at, you know, industry shows that are really relevant to your sector. Uh, So PR is something you should be doing consistently from the day that you launch your business. If are you ready is a different question. So the only thing you do actually need to do PR, and it's not a press release, you do not need a press release um, to do PR, it is imagery. Um, So for e-com brands, we talk about four different types of imagery. Um, Product shots. So they're obviously your cutout white shots clear or white background and they will be included in those kind of roundups product roundups um lifestyle shots which probably most of the listeners have you know your product in a lifestyle setting being used or whatever it is um behind the brand imagery so that might be you know your office space um if you've got a physical store it might be your physical store it might be you know making photos the process um and finally uh, founder shots so photos of you headshots um 
kind of something with a person, a key person in your business, um, you don't need all four. You actually just need one of them to start. So if you only have a founder shop and, you know, that you're going to run with that, then start with that. Start with kind of these more interview-based um, stories. If you've got product shots, then that's a great place to start, you know, pitching into these product features, roundups, print and online. Um, and I say build your, you know, we haven't got endless amounts of budget. That's like an extensive list of imagery to have. So every time kind of you have some budget or you're thinking about next season or you're thinking about, you know, ramping up your press, think what is the next kind of imagery I can add to my rapport, if you like. So I've got more imagery um, to send out. But once you've got imagery, which I'm going to assume if you're launching a brand or a business, you have some form of imagery to sell the product you are ready to do PR. That's really good news. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you for explaining that because I think it can be tempting to think, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not ready. I'm too small. I'm, there's all, you know, there's all sorts of excuses we can give ourselves, aren't there? So I think that's really good to know. And now this might be a really stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Never, Um, never a stupid question. (laughs) So you mentioned, um, so when I've spoken to people um, about social media, building media, all sorts of other topics around starting a business um we're, we're sometimes told actually start before you're you know before you have something so I know for example lots of brands when they even when their product isn't quite ready to sell they might get on social media they might start building up their email list they might start with their website is that too soon to start thinking about PR or is there something we can be doing then as then as well when we're in those very early stages I think that's a really good question um so my so the longest lead time so lead time is how far ahead the press are working is about six months so anything before before six months I wouldn't uh before six months before you launch I, I wouldn't be thinking about PR but you can be building that imagery once you've got any types of imagery that I've talked about to send to the press and you have somewhere to send them. So I, I'd recommend a landing page that looks nice. Please make sure it looks nice. Um, maybe capturing email addresses, for example, before you launch. Um, then you're ready to get going. But just remember those lead times. So you're not going to contact online press if you're still six months away from launch. Um, they they do want to, I should also say, a launch this is in the nicest possible way and this is so people don't waste their time doing it a launch isn't news to the press if you've got no previous you know brand history you haven't run a big business before or kind of something that's well known they're not going to write about your brand launching it's just not going to happen so I recommend trying to start with kind of those product features maybe kind of um, some niche interviews, you know, if you're a knitwear brand, for example, there are some really good knitwear magazines out there or knitwear platforms where they really specialize. It's really, really niche. Um, we had one member that was on a podcast, I think it's called Make a Meaning. And it was, it was very, very, very niche. It was the stories behind why makers make. Um, but it had 250 listens in the first hour. So think about, don't, don't try and kind of just get your launch into the national press think about really niche you know platforms that are going to drive people um kind of that really care about what you're doing to um your website but once you've got that imagery i'd say anywhere between six months up to your launch date is a good time to start thinking about pr 
That's really helpful. Thank you, Rosie. And I also liked what you said about not always going for the big publications and going a bit more niche as well, because it can be really tempting to think, oh, I'd love to be in the, I don't know, the Guardian, <laughs> whatever, wherever you want to be or a certain magazine. But that's actually such a good point about thinking about where your customers, you know, what they're listening to and what they're reading and being a bit more targeted, because actually you could get a lot more sales, which is what we're all after, from featuring mm-hmm. in a, let's say, the sock example, featuring in a knitwear magazine or yeah. whatever it is than being on in something big with a much wider readership or listenership but actually only a percentage of those people might actually be interested in what it is you, you sell exactly i say i say to our members don't be a publication snob because if you just want to be in the guardian and the times you're going to be waiting a long time try and spread your net as far and as well obviously it needs to be relevant it needs to be relevant otherwise they're not going to feature you but try and like spread your net as far and wide as you can think niche think podcast think other medium think youtube um i love print and online magazines don't get me wrong but there are so many other ways to pr um your product and when i when i say don't be a publication snob i mean we had a member um a few years ago and they really wanted like the high fashion publications which great so does everyone but let me tell you now they don't drive sales um and i think they got featured in uh, woman and home and country living and actually you could see a direct correlation between the readers and people purchasing and it was amazing and it's not a publication they wanted to be in because i think it was seen as a bit uncool but actually it was so so powerful and the readers were so engaged um so yeah cast your net as far and wide as you can when it comes to who you're reaching out to that makes sense and I think as well that I guess the more niche you go you you go the more likely you have of your story being picked up as well so 100% for my example I have had I tried to get a bit of PR for something earlier this year and I had much more success with my local press I think because I was local there was that angle whereas the kind of the bigger publications I guess there just wasn't as much of a story for them but the fact that someone had done something locally all the local press were like oh yeah this is great this is really relevant so it's not the best example for products but I do think that sometimes you have a bit more luck if you're sort of really targeted yeah 100% 100% people always forget about local press as well it's super super powerful So we are recording this at the end of 2023, um, but when everyone's listening, it's going to be early 2024. And I would love to talk a little bit about the new year and how to start the year one step ahead as an e-commerce business when it comes to PR. Um, So imagery. (laughs) I can talk about imagery for 45 minutes, I would. Um, Just uh, reviewing kind of what you've got, what you might think about getting done in 2024 what you can run with let's let's go positive like what like based on the imagery that i mentioned earlier you know what's your strongest what can you um what can you start with i would also um recommend setting time aside so pr is one of those activities that is important but it's never ever urgent it will always 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 go to the bottom of the to-do list and everything else will always overtake it. So we encourage members to set aside a minimum of 60 minutes a week. It can absolutely be done in 60 minutes a week if they've got longer, fantastic, but 60 minutes a week just to pitch to the press and nurture relationships. PR is all about relationships. So just nurturing, you know, those relationships, going back to people that you maybe pitched to three months ago, you know, 
following them on LinkedIn or Instagram, um, just nurturing that PR every single week. So yeah, after imaging, I would say set aside um, that time. And my third piece of advice would be for 2024 is just get going. Stop um, putting it to the bottom of your to-do list if that's what you've been doing. Because the sooner you get going, the sooner you'll start um, to get coverage. So even if you can just set aside 60 minutes and reach out to five people a week, just five people a week, you are doing so, so much more um, than your competitors. That's really helpful. Thank you. Because I know that times right now are really tough for everyone and for consumers, which we'll talk about in a moment, and for small businesses. Um so, and why do you think it's still important to invest in PR? Because I think I think there will be people who are saying yes, but you know, why should I think about PR when I'm struggling to I don't know make cash flow work or you know, there's so many challenges at the at the moment. So, why do you advocate for businesses still focusing on PR during these times? Because I honest honestly believe if you have no if you have no kind of awareness strategy. Um, aside from social media, uh, you're going to really, really struggle to stay in business because people people are not going to shop with you if they're not aware of you. And Instagram's great, but let's be honest, that is that is limited to how many people you are going to reach. Um, PR is by far the best activity for awareness. If you secure coverage, it makes hundreds, thousands of people aware of you. What it also does, and this is why and we'll talk about this in a second about consumers, is it makes people trust you. So if you've got three people in your sector, um, you know, you all make similar products, similar price point, maybe a similar audience, competitors, if you like, and one of you is doing PR and, you know, it, it's really obvious you're trusted by this magazine, as seen in this magazine, this product was highlighted, that is the brand that is going to get the sales because people trust them. Um, so that is why I would absolutely I kind of not think, oh, we've got no budget, so I'm not going to do PR right now, but we'll spend on ads. Don't spend on ads until you've got PR coming in because ads are going to support your PR. PR should be the first activity. That makes so much sense. Thank you. Because also... Um when we talk about ads and PR, PR presumably can cost you a lot less money than ads as well. So again, I think times are tough. Um, And it sounds like you can do a lot with your PR just by investing your time and and not perhaps investing any money or investing a little bit of money. Whereas ads, as we know, can, you know, the spend can just spiral. Um, Yes. It's a lot more (laughs) in terms of investment. And of course, you know, we don't know what the payoff's going to be for ads or or PR. Um, but yeah, PR to me seems like much less of a financial commitment and more of a time commitment, which hopefully we can all find 60 minutes a week to do that. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And so let's talk a bit about consumers as well, because times are hard for small businesses. They're also really hard for everyone, aren't they? Because disposable income is definitely going down. Um, but so is there anything we can do in terms of our PR to help when I think spending, you know, I think that's part of the reason small businesses are finding it tough is people are, I think, spending a little bit less at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I talked about the trust element. I can't emphasize how important that is for consumers. 
you know, they want to, there's so many brands out there, they want to, they want to purchase with people that they trust and PR is kind of probably the top um, thing you can do to build trust um, with consumers. But the other element that is really, really important and people don't really consider a lot when they think about PR is um, emotional connection. So there's two types of PR for econ businesses. One is product. Um, so, you know, product roundups, shop this look, kind of all the kind of nice product stuff, which is really, really great. And that's great for awareness and it's great for trust. But the other type of PR for econ businesses, and I always recommend you do both, split your time across both, is uh, what we call profile press. So um, this is what service businesses would do, but it's still really relevant for e-com. It's, you know, meet the maker, an interview with the founder, a day in the life. Um, it might be an interview about a shop opening. Um, it might be, you know, what how you overcame, you know, a mental health battle to start your business or why why your product is so relevant. What What about your story? What about your journey? You know, as led you to create this product or this brand um and that emotional connection is what will drive consumers to um spend with you i am so brand loyal to um to brands where i have an emotion that i have an emotional connection with and it's normally with the founder so putting the founder at the forefront of your stories i think is really really important those that do will reap um the rewards and we've seen it in all the reports this year like we've been um kind of pulling together all the reports for 2024 you know consumers want an emotional connection with a brand before they shop with them um they want that feeling um so yeah you can use pr to um, tell your story in a different way and then when you do get that coverage just make sure you're sharing it um don't kind of um just think oh well I got featured in a magazine and that's it there are some laws around sharing I'm not an expert in, in it so I'm not going to go into it but um you know making sure you've kind of shouted about it on your Instagram or shared it on your LinkedIn or put that logo on your website it's all really really important and it's going to drive um firstly awareness of people that don't already know you but people that do know you maybe they're on their ma your mailing list and they've joined your mailing list but they've never shopped with you or they follow you on instagram and they've never shopped with you it just might be that final push they need to make that purchase to know kind of your story or what you overcame or why you're doing what you do might just be um that emotional connection they need to make that purchase that makes so much sense. Thank you, Rosie. I think that, yeah, knowing a bit about the background of a brand just stops them being faceless. Yeah. And yeah. I think it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it makes me, it makes me sharp. <laughs> yeah. It does. And actually, that's kind of the whole point of, of this podcast is to feature brands and their stories, partly so they could, those brands can help um, other people learn from what they've done, but also to share those stories and, and the background and I find that um, I and my listeners as well are so loyal to brands that have been on the podcast because you know it feels like you know them it feels like you know yeah. who this brand is because you've you've heard the founder's voice and you've heard them talking about their their products and yeah and I think that like you were saying come back to brand loyalty I think we're much more loyal when we feel that we know who the business who the person behind the business is whenever whenever I need to buy something um, a suitcase actually is the most recent um, kind of example of this. I will always think, who who did I hear from? And like, I bought a suitcase from away because I heard the founder on um, a podcast, How I Built This. So I 
instead of all the suitcases I could have bought, I probably spent double what I wanted to spend on a suitcase, but I did it because I'd heard her journey. I'd heard what she had overcome to start this business. And it's so, so true. If you're thinking, you know, oh, I'm going to get featured on a podcast and then I'm going to get loads of sales. It doesn't work like that. It's about people remembering you. So when they do need that product, you are absolutely forefront of mind. You're the person that they remember. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, and that's actually leads me on really nicely to my, ne- my next question. So as you've said, we, you know, you might go on a podcast and you might not get instant sales or from a magazine piece, but how can you tell what return, if any, you're getting from the PR that you're doing? Oh, I love this question. <laughs> um, please don't think about uh, PR in terms of what kind of return you will get. It's not a marketing, marketing activity. It, is an awareness activity I when people kind of really want to measure um PR I would say look at it year on year so do PR activity for 12 months and then review at the end of those 12 months and you're looking at metrics like have my website users increased has our revenue increased you know you might see some people clicking through from online articles but apart from that, it's so, so difficult. Um, it's so difficult uh, to measure because someone will see you. Like we had, I don't know how many, I think we had about 15 members featured in the Guardian Christmas gift guide um, last week. Um, and some of them did actually get sales from it. And it's very, very clear, but a lot of them maybe didn't. And it's about, you know, someone coming to their website that might buy something else. You know, they'll see the product that they saw on the Guardian, but actually... You know, something else takes their fancy or, you know, they saw a notepad in the Guardian that they want to buy for themselves, not as a Christmas gift. So they'll come back in January and buy it. So I would, if you're going to look at PR activity and kind of what return you're getting, I would annually review it. Don't drop it. And if you don't feel like your website traffic is increasing or you're not getting the coverage um, that you should be, you need to look at what you're doing kind of what you're doing, how how often are you emailing them? What are your assets like? I can tell you 90% of the time that people don't secure the coverage that they think they deserve it's because their imagery is not good enough. Um, so go back and kind of review all that if you're not getting um, the coverage um, that you kind of expected. But PR is very, very much a top of funnel activity. It's about awareness. It's about credibility. And then your marketing is to drive people through your sales funnel. Thank you for humoring me with that question because I know there are always people who want to who want to know, is it worth me doing this activity? Will am I getting anything from it? Should I be dropping it? You know, especially as we're coming towards the end of the year and you know, make making plans for the next year. So it sounds like your advice is do it. <laughs> Don't drop it. And if it isn't working, think about why perhaps it you know, what other aspects are not working. Yeah, exactly. That makes total sense. Thank, thank you. Um, and I think it's really interesting as as well what you've said about how you might see immediate results or you might not, because I've definitely heard that anecdotally from clients as well, where they've done something and then it can be quite a while later that they, it seems to be paying off and often it's an accumulation of things. So it's not just one yeah. event being in one publication. It can be, you know, a couple of months of consistent coverage and then all of a sudden they'll say, oh, my sales are around month or month or whatever, you know, whatever it is. And I think that's really interesting. It comes back to what you were saying about people having to sort of see you consistently and get to feel like they know you. Um, and I think for lots of us, just one 
article or one podcast interview probably isn't going to be the thing that changes our whole business. Absolutely not. I've actually got, have I got time for a quick story? Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it was about 2016, 2017 when I was running um, the agency and just my launch, PR Dispatch, I got a few, this is for the agency and for me as a founder, we got a few pieces of small coverage and then we got contacted by um, Elle. Uh, actually, we know we pitched Elle in. We pitched Elle in um, and she said, yeah, this sounds great. So it was an article about 23 female founders under 30. Um, and that was a great, great article. And um, six months later, I got a call on the line at work and um, it was the BBC. And they said, we're shooting um, the final of The Apprentice. We'd like you to come in um be a judge and they had actually found me through that L article so it it's about building totally right it's building blocks don't think you're going to get one piece of coverage and you know that's it you've done PR and you don't need to do it again all of those building blocks all of those small pieces of coverage that we got kind of made us seem credible so that then L ran the article and then six months later the BBC found us through L and asked me to be on The Apprentice so it is always 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 building blocks and we we do it consistently so we're always showing up and we're always forefront of mind because if we weren't doing it someone else in my space would take over and become the forefront kind of leader in the e-com um kind of PR um space and PR is the only thing that doesn't stop that from happening um so yeah hoping that my story kind of spurs you on to get going <laughs> well that's I didn't know you on The Apprentice that's very exciting first of all it's a long time ago I know it is so that's exciting I've got so many I'm, I'm refraining asking my questions about that <laughs> holding myself back but I really like that story and I really like what you said as well because the key thing that's as you've been you're speaking that came to me is it's a it's a, like with lots of things in business is about consistency and not just you know, trying to get some PR in January and then thinking, right, I'll take the rest of the year off now. I've done my bit. Um, I think it's like everything, isn't it? It's just keep on doing it. Um, and yeah. as you say, it all starts to build a bigger picture. Exactly. Yeah. Keep keep going. Don't stop. Well, thank you so much, Rosie. Thank you for everything you've shared. Before you go, um, there's one final question, which I don't think I prepared you for, but I'm sure you'll have an answer, which is what would your number one piece of advice be to e-commerce businesses listening now, wanting to get going with their PR? What's the one thing you want them to take away? Um, I could say imagery, but I've talked about it a lot. So it would be that you are completely capable of doing PR. If you run a business it's just you or you know you're working with one or two other people I, I can't tell you how capable business owners are of doing their own PR um you have all the skills you already need it's not rocket science it's really really easy um so yeah I would say just kind of uh, start doing it so you can start building those blocks perfect thank you that's such a nice positive message to end on thank you so much no worries thank you for having me Thank you so much for listening right to the end of this episode. Do remember that you can get the full back catalogue and lots of free resources on my website, vickyweinberg.com. Please do remember to rate and review this episode if you've enjoyed it and also share it with a friend who you think might find it useful. Thank you again and see you next week.
If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.